Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. A uh, big question, which is, are local governments around you going to try for higher 911 phone fees? Yes, they are. And why are we still paying these things? But they're going to do it in some counties around here, as a matter of fact. Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter. At Rich Zioli. You know, the um, there's a lot going on. I'll tell you, the uh, uh, Hillary Clinton is just probably the, the worst politician in the history of humanity. For, there's two things. Number one, she got caught dancing to the Macarena. The video has gone viral, and it's just buffoonery at its very best. And secondly, she put out a stupid tweet conflating Barbie with her election loss, and she's been mocked left and right for that today. Uh, she's just bad. She's just so bad at this. I mean, really, truly is. But I wanted to mention to you, you know, when, whenever you're thinking about the uh, the, the question of of art, um, it's not easy, you know, to make a movie, to be an artist, to to be an actor, to live that life. It comes with a lot of risks. It really does. But none like being an artist, someone who sells artwork, because that is truly the cliche of a starving artist you know what i mean he's an actor you might wait tables and then maybe get a big break make a lot of money but artists sometimes will be a starving artist even if they're selling their artwork now there's a way around that however it's not easily accessible to every artist but there is a way around it where you can actually as a first-time artist become a millionaire seemingly overnight the only thing you have to do is it's not about talent. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, all right, it's about perseverance, hard work. You got to just put your heart and soul into it. You got to be, you know what I mean? You got to just really, really work hard. Nah, it's not even that. What you have to do is be the president's son. Because if you do that, you will make one and a half million dollars selling art. And again, I know, I, you know, if you are somebody who dreams of being an artist, and maybe as a parent, you've had this conversation with your kids before. They tell you, mom, dad, I, w- I want to be an artist. I want to be an actor. I want to be a singer, whatever you go. Well, maybe have a backup plan, you know, have a backup or something like that. You, you might be tempted to say, I'll give you a great example. Andrea Bocelli, the famous Italian 
singer. He is a lawyer. He actually went to law school, but he pursued singing. It, law school was his, uh, was his fail-safe plan if he didn't make it. Obviously, he made it, to say the least. Now, in the Hunter Biden situation, he actually was a lawyer first. And like Andrea Bocelli, then he became a successful artist. But unlike Andrea Bocelli, he has no talent whatsoever. And the only reason why he's making millions of dollars is because his last name is Biden. And the people that are buying them, the artwork, uh, they are getting access to his dad, who's the president. So, yeah, there's this from the Washington Post. Uh, George Burgay's art gallery uh, signed an agreement shortly after the year's election and taken on an unusual task representing Hunter Biden, who was pursuing a startup career as an artist. The agreement produced arrangements that drew concerns from ethics experts and now brought increasing scrutiny from House Republicans. A transcript from a House panel's closed-door interview with the gallery owner released this week provides the most complete picture to date of Hunter Biden's artwork, including when his paintings have been sold and for how much. In total, there have been 10 buyers of the art. 10 buyers who have paid a a sum of $1.5 million. Now, again, as I am a budding filmmaker with my... Zioliverse series of movies. I'm taking a huge risk. I may not make it, but I took a huge risk getting into radio as well because this is a form of uh, entertainment. When you become an artist, you're taking a huge risk. When you are the president's son, you are literally selling White House access vis a vis your crappy art. Under the agreement, the gallerists received 40% of the sales while Biden took 60%. So think about that now 60%, and he still made. Over a million dollars as a first time artist. Three of the buyers have been identified while the other seven remain anonymous. The largest share of the work, 11 paintings for a total of $875,000, went to Kevin Morris, who has become one of Biden's closest friends, while also acting as an attorney and financial benefactor. Now, the reason why you need to know that name Kevin Morris is because Kevin Morris's deposition before the House Oversight Committee has come out. And we've learned a lot of things about Kevin Morris, including the fact that his sugar brother lawyer confirms that he still holds a stake in a Chinese state-backed equity fund. The House Oversight Committee last week spoke to him in closed-door deposition. The things that we're learning about him and what he's saying, he's still incredibly, incredibly connected. Incredibly connected. And he defends the millions in loans he gave to Hunter Biden, buying all of his crappy artwork, and he did invoke privilege 17 times in his deposition. And he defends lending Hunter Biden $5 million. He also has had incredible access at the White House. And for a guy like that, Kevin Morris, you know, in that world, to be able to give your clients access, to be able to know that you're able to get access is everything. It's everything. And he defended his close relationship with Hunter Biden and giving him $5 million and also acknowledging that he is still connected to this Chinese firm. But the thing about it is that the loans began in 2020, within a month of meeting Hunter Biden at a political fundraiser for his father's presidential campaign. Now, don't you think the timing of that's a little odd? A, it's a pandemic. So, I mean, there's that. It might have been pre-pan, but still, nonetheless. Uh, and then he became BFFs with Hunter, started loaning him five million bucks. 
asked why he did not seek repayment any sooner, he told the committee, I'm not required to ask for it sooner. Despite allegations of political impropriety by Republican members of Congress, Morris repeatedly denied receiving any political favors from the Biden administration in exchange for his financial support for his president's son. He said he'd been to the White House three times since Joe Biden was elected for a tour, the wedding of Hunter Biden's daughter, Naomi, and last year's annual Fourth of July picnic. When asked during the committee if he had ever spoken with the president directly during visits to the White House, he responded, the president waved and I think I said hi. He always makes jokes about my hair. I think he made a crack about my hair. That was it. Now, let me tell you something about the world of access. The world of access is not going to the White House. It's not talking to the president. It's being able to get the White House chief of staff on the phone. It's being able to get the White House political director on the phone. It's being able to get the uh, the Commerce Secretary on the phone or, or whoever on the phone. That's what access really is. Forget the president. What are you going to really need? What do you really need from the president? You need him to nuke a country? No. So what do you really need from him? What you need, though, is you need the people that actually do the work in the executive branch of government to return your call. Or you need, you need the Senate Majority Leader to take your call. You need Chuck Schumer to take your call. You need you need you need somebody who's in a jam or somebody who's got a problem with an agency or something like this. That's really what you're talking about. When you talk about access, it's really constituent services, you see. So the advice I give your children if they want to be an artist one day is it's very helpful if your dad is president of the United States of America. He can probably help you in a big, big way. Now, Charlie Spearing's book, Amateur Hour, all about how Kamala Harris is terrible and how Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, you always have to say that by law, of course, uh, hates her, hates her guts, because while she did savage Joe Biden on the stage for being a racist and a segregationist, uh, they didn't want to pick her. He wanted Gretchen Whitmer, but it turns out that in order to get James Clyburn's support in South Carolina, and this is the big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, he had to commit to a black woman on the ticket. Now, the Obamas apparently vetoed Susan Rice, which is hard for me to understand, but that's who they really wanted. They wanted Susan Rice. But I guess it also might have been the fact that uh, she may not have been born in this country. She may have been born in Iran. I'm not quite sure. But either way, they wind up with Kamala Harris. So they hate Kamala Harris's guts, and they know that she's a moron, and they know that she's an idiot, and they know that she cannot be, she she can't win. Apparently Biden's telling people that he's only staying in the race because he, he can't, imagine Kamala Harris being president. She's also complaining very much about her incorrect height on her Wikipedia page. Among other things that Kamala Harris says that absolutely make no sense, and all the little gripes that she has, she's the border czar, mind you, while we have this invasion going on the southern border. This is what she's really concerned with, though. Uh, Her Wikipedia page, cut 15. Meanwhile, I... Why did I think you were much taller? I re- recently learned you're only 5'2". Is that, that true? That is absolutely incorrect. Okay. <laughs> I am 5'4 and a quarter. Okay, and Sometimes I'm 5'3". Five, 5'4 five, and a half and with heels, which I always wear, I'm 5'7 and a half. Thank you very much. Okay, Wikipedia, you're wrong, and we I'm need totally to correct wrong. that. I've said this to my team. Like, what? I don't know where it came from. I've, I was 5'2 when I was 12. <laughs> they say I'm 5'1 on my Wikipedia page. How tall are you? 5'3 and 3 quarters. Right? <laughs> 
and shrinking. It's like literally, you, they just want to just make us smaller in every way. I know, but I but I was excited because I'm short, and I was like, oh, Kamala is short No, like I am me. not. I am, <laughs> I am not. I'm just trying to take okay. two and a half inches off my, you know. We stand corrected. Yes. And we stand. <laughs> we'll make sure. Yes. Yes. That was with Katie Couric. Uh, she is such an idiot. And this is, the, again, though, this is the problem. And this is why I tell you the, the Joe Biden problem, uh, which I'll get into in more detail in the next segment. But the Joe Biden problem of how do you get this guy out of the race without dealing with that becoming your problem of Kamala Harris. And I'm just going to play this clip again because I played it earlier and it's been kind of the theme today. But when Sean Fain, the head of the United Auto Workers, Came out and said, you know, let me be clear about this. I can't emphasize this enough. We can play the short one this time, Matt. A great majority of our members, these are the United Auto Worker members. These are the people that actually work for a living. Cut number four. Look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paycheck. And they're not going to vote for Joe Biden. Yet the union boss endorses him anyway. Uh, 25 Republican governors have banded together to support Texas in its fight to secure the border. 25 Republican governors from across the country released a joint statement Thursday afternoon expressing support for the state of Texas as it fights to secure its border with Mexico. The statement comes as the Biden administration is fighting to stop Texas from securing its borders and preventing millions of illegal aliens from flooding into the state. Now, I spent a lot of time on this today. And just one more time, since we have the updated disclaimer, can we do? Can we fit in our law firm commercial before the break? No. Uh, it's very important now that we have the added, the legal disclaimer that Odyssey lawyers wanted us to add here. Uh, take a listen. Have you or a loved one been harmed by razor wire? If so, call today to learn your rights and how you may get a large cash settlement. Did you escape from jail and cut yourself? Did you steal a car from a junkyard? Did the scratch from the razor wire get infected? If so, know your rights. Call today and you could get a large cash settlement. I'm so happy that we called Moron and Moron. Our son tried escaping from jail and cut his leg on razor wire. We got a large cash settlement. I'm so happy I called. My daughter tried escaping from the loony bin. She cut her leg on razor wire, and we got a large cash settlement. I tried breaking into a junkyard to steal a 1986 Datsun. I cut my leg on razor wire, and it got infected. I called Moron and Moron, and I got a large cash settlement. So call today and know your rights. Razor wire may be ineffective, but it's also cruel. And if you get an infection, it could fester. Ah, this is Joe Cardell, formerly with Cardell and Cardell. I now represent the law firm of Moron and Moron. If you're a divorced guy that just got cut by razor wire, call Moron and Moron, and you too could receive a large cash settlement. By the way, I'm not licensed in your state or any state. This is a public service announcement for WPHT. There we go. We got that covered. So that's good. Large cash settlement. All right. So a lot more to come, including uh, the latest on uh, Hunter Biden and Peter Navarro, how it all ties together. Don't go away. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So as I told you, uh, Democrats seem to love destroying personal liberty and freedom these days, especially when it comes to anything related to helping people stop smoking. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on Twitter at Rich Zioli, of course. And don't forget, one week from tonight, we'll be at Parks Casino for Comedy Night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Joe Conklin's Comedy Night, the man of a thousand voices himself. We'll have a great time together. And uh, please join us. Tickets are only 20 bucks. Include your first drink free. We got a couple great comedians joining us, including, let's see who we got coming up this week. We got, uh, where is it? I can't find it. It's, oh, yes, Tyler Mason. Yes, and Tracy Locke. Very funny. Tickets are just 20 bucks. Include your first drink free. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 8. Go to parkscasino.com slash comedy. Must be 21. Gambling prom. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that's one week from today. So do that today so that I can see you there next week. Uh, so Chuck Schumer hates freedom. And he wants to hurt people's lives who are trying to quit smoking. This is not the first time that the left has done this. And even big hacks like uh, Scott Gottlieb, they try to do the same thing by banning flavored vapes and everything like this. So now Chuck Schumer is going after Zinn patches. What are Zinn patches? Uh, pouches, pouches, not patches, pouches. What are Zinn pouches, you might ask yourself? Well, what they are is they are a tiny little pouch containing nicotine. And they're sold in various milligrams, two milligrams or four milligrams, six milligrams, whatever it is. It's nicotine, which is a drug. And it is not tobacco, which is different. Tobacco contains nicotine, but nicotine does not necessarily contain tobacco because nicotine is the drug that's 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 in tobacco. You know, you light up a cigarette or, or you put in um, dip chew you know something like that you're getting tobacco you're getting the nicotine through the tobacco this is just the nicotine in a pouch and people put it under their lip and they get the rush of the nicotine without actually having to use a nicotine product so in other words instead of having to 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 worry about um smoking or chewing or whatever else, and then the the bad side effects that come with that, you're getting the drug directly. It's really, in my opinion, I, I don't think it's any different than those nicotine lozenges, lo, lozenges they used to sell, or maybe they still do, or a, a patch, you know, the gum. I, I, know, I, I know a friend of mine was quitting smoking and was all about the nicotine gum. You know what I mean? Love the gum. Uh, but Chuck Schumer, is, is, he hates anything. I mean, the guy is America's nanny. Remember the one time he went after... Tide Pods. He was accusing the Tide Pods of killing people. And people would, would, would take the Tide Pods and they would eat them. Kids would eat them and die from Tide Pods. I remember that too. And I kept thinking, you know what? 
why don't you do something? You're a United States senator. You're the Senate majority leader. Why don't you stop busting chops? But he can't. It's what he does. He does it all the time. Here's a report from CBS in New York. Majority leader Chuck Schumer is calling for federal action to crack down on a product called Zen. He says the nicotine pouches pose a danger to teens as they use them as an alternative to e-cigarettes. Pouch packed with problems. High levels of nicotine. So today I'm delivering a warning to parents because these nicotine pouches seem to lock their sights on young kids, teenagers, and even lower, and then use the social media to hook them. Senator Schumer is urging the FTC and the FDA to investigate Zen for concerns relating to marketing and health effects. We reached out to Zen for comment, but have not yet heard back. And there's other brands besides Zen, but that's the the point, is that this guy, like a lot of people in his party, they want to crack down on everything. And a big part of the reason, I think, is because the cigarette tax pays for so much. I really think that. So this was uh, from Reason.com. Less than three months after launching an attack on energy drinks. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. He went after energy drinks as well. Chuck Schumer, America's natty. He panicked over the the new prime energy drink because it, it contains 200 milligrams of caffeine, which, by the way, I wouldn't eat even more than that because I'm so... The effects of nicotine, excuse me, of caffeine have no effect on me at this point because I'm, I think I've built up an immunity to, to it or something, or it's, it's such a tolerance. But he said, um, one of the summer's hottest status symbols for kids is not an outfit or a toy, it's a beverage. But buyer and parents beware because it's a serious health concern for the kids it so feverishly targets. As reasons Elizabeth Nolan Brown noted, Schumer's ire is incredibly misdirected. For one thing, cans of prime energy drinks have warning labels that explicitly say the product is not recommended for anyone under the age of 18. Yes, the beverage appears to be popular with kids, but that's because they also have an especially young audience on YouTube, but they also have a prime version that doesn't have caffeine in it. It's just a pure sports drink. My son loves them, and he and his friends drink them. They don't have caffeine in them, though. So there's two different versions. But, of course, you know, they, they it's regulators. They, the regulators love to look at everything. They wake up in the day and go, whoa, 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 hey, 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 hey. What can we regulate? What can we do? And then maybe we can tax it, too. Now, the reports by media outlets have noted that the caffeine in the prime energy drink is equivalent to six cans of Coke or two Red Bulls. That certainly sounds like a lot, but compare prime energy to coffee. A Starbucks brand K-Cup has about 100 milligrams of coffee. And a venti size, the largest size, is about 400 milligrams. That's twice as much caffeine as a can of prime energy, but nobody is freaked out about teens drinking too much Starbucks. And Schumer wanted the FDA to get involved and warning labels, even though there's already a warning label, um, he wants them to get involved and he wants more regulation. Guy Bentley... Director of Consumer Freedom at the uh, Consumer Freedom at the Reason Foundation said the research suggests energy drinks carry no more risk than other caffeinated beverages children can readily access. If children are under the illusion that it is a health drink, parents, schools, consumers, and their doctors are well placed to correct any misperceptions without requiring federal officials to spend more time on TikTok going after them. And that, of course, is what they wind up doing. You know, they it's 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 it, 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 and they always use the whole idea of our children are to, to justify more intrusion into your life and more regulations and more government power. They always do the safety of our children. 
So Schumer put out a press release labeling Zinn a quiet and dangerous alternative to vaping, claiming that while the, the, while the decline in smoking, tobacco companies are adapting by focusing on new products like oral nicotine. Zins are small pouches of nicotine meant to be placed between the lip and the gums. The strengths of the product are available at three and six milligrams of nicotine, and they come in several flavors. Schumer's ire appears to have been raised by the rapid growth in sales of nicotine pouches and so-called Zinfluencers on TikTok promoting the product. Schumer fears nicotine pouches could become a teen trend, as vaping did in 2019 before rapidly declining as the tobacco age was raised to 21, and schools became more aware of the problem. First of all, I don't understand this point either about the the age of 21, because if you can vote at 18, how come you can't have a freaking vape? No, I mean that sincerely. How come if if, if your mind is not formed enough at 18 to be able to make a decision for yourself whether or not you should vape? Because I'm sure they're going to soon raise the age to buy these nicotine pouches. Why is your how is your mind then formed enough to be able to to vote for president of the United States? There is a in Newark, New Jersey, the city of Newark. They just lowered the voting age to 16, 16. That's right. 16 years old. Where you could vote in school board elections. 16. Now, that's crazy if their brains are not developed enough. So the same 16-year-olds who can now vote in school board elections, those same kids could not go out and get a vaping product or a pack of smokes or alcohol or anything else. I don't understand that. I don't get that. Because either your brain is developed enough to make these kind of very consequential decisions that affect taxpayers, and in the case of the president, life and death, war, Or it's not. And if it is, and you're able to do these things, then you should have all the rights that come with it. It's the same thing the left does with guns, too. They go, well, you shouldn't be allowed to buy a gun until you're 21, but if you want to chop your boobies off at 13, by all means, and we should pay for it. Well, how do you have the mental uh, acuity to be able to know if you want to chop your boobies off at 13, but not if you want to be able to buy a gun or a, a vape or something like that? That makes no sense. There's no consistency. That's why I was really glad that Ohio overrode Governor Mike DeWine, that loser, his uh, his veto of the bill barring um, transgender surgeries in children. Schumer fears nicotine pouches could become a teen trend, as vaping did. A teen trend. But Schumer's framing has a story backwards. Zinn is not a dangerous alternative to vaping, but a dramatically safer alternative to smoking. One of the reasons smoking has declined substantially over the last decade is because safer nicotine alternatives like vapes and Zinn are switching smokers away from cigarettes. The closest equivalent for which we have decades of data is an oral smokeless tobacco called snus. Snus is most prevalent in Sweden, and not coincidentally, Sweden has the lowest smoking and lung cancer rates in the your entire entire Europe, all of Europe, maybe the world too. As those interested in using nicotine do so in a much safer form. Now, Schumer is right that nicotine pouches are enjoying tremendous sales, but he would be wrong to assume nicotine naive youth are driving these sales, according to the National Youth Tobacco Survey. Only one point five percent of middle and high schoolers use nicotine pouches. And just 2.3% have ever tried a nicotine pouch. Even among the minority of youths who use products like Zinn, most are not nicotine newbies. 
A study of adolescents and adults aged 15 to 24 who used nicotine pouches found the vast majority were smokers or had smoked cigarettes in the past and they were looking for a way to quit. Same thing with e-cigarettes. They are looking for a way to get off the really, really bad thing of smoking. That's what I'm talking about here. So, anyway, that's where we are with that. It's just one more. It's just one more crackdown on freedom, and it just drives me crazy. Schumer's intervention drew mockery on X because Republican lawmakers and conservative commentators are defending Zinn. Of course, the reaction is perhaps unsurprising, given that Tucker Carlson is the most famous Zinn consumer. I had no idea. The most worrying aspect of Schumer's demonization of Zinn is that it contributes to the false impression that just because something contains nicotine, it's a threat to public health. What makes cigarettes cigarettes so lethal is not nicotine, but setting tobacco on fire and inhaling the smoke. Divorced from smoke, nicotine is a relatively benign stimulant with similar risk profile to caffeine. Most adults incorrectly believe vaping is just as bad or worse than smoking. If these misperceptions were replicated for products like Zinn, the most likely effect would not be saving kids from the grips of of nicotine addiction, as Schumer hopes, but to keep smokers smoking. Dr. Jeffrey Singer of the Cato Institute lamented the constant fear-mongering around nicotine warning. I can only think of one explanation, an unfounded and irrational fear of nicotine. I call it nicotinophobia. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, just, it just goes to show you, Chuck Schumer and the mindset of him is not, I'm not there as a United States senator to deal with the issues that really confront our country, like the border, for example. Uh, I'm, I'm there to bust down and crack chops, bust chops and crack down on whatever I deem as America's nanny to be harmful. Whatever, whatever I deem. Caffeine, Tide Pods, Zin pouches, I shall choose. I shall choose. All right, we got more to come on our fourth and final hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHC. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Peter Navarro sentenced to four months in prison for defying a congressional subpoena to appear before a closed door deposition. Gotta make makes you wonder, was Hunter Biden's legal team tipped off to the fact that that's what would happen to Hunter? And that tells me a lot. Welcome back in our fourth and final hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Uh, before I hand it over to the great one, Mark Levin. So what I was saying earlier to you was when Peter Navarro was sentenced today to four months in prison for not doing his closed door deposition, I found the timing of that to be very, very suspicious, considering that Hunter Biden would not appear for a closed door deposition. Then he did that little stunt where he showed up in Gen Gen Pop, you know, just sat in the audience. And then when Republicans were going to hold him in contempt of Congress, uh, that's when his lawyer said, "Okay, he'll agree to the closed door deposition. But I got to wonder, did somebody from the Department of Justice tip off Hunter Biden's legal team that Navarro was going to get four months in jail? Which tells me, of course, obviously the corruption at the DOJ, but also the fact that Hunter Biden could not even do four months in prison. No way. Let alone the years and years and years he was looking at. Years and years that he was looking at. No. That means if he has to squeal on his old man, he'll squeal on his old old man. No doubt about it. If he's got to sing about daddy's businesses and daddy's business ties to Ukraine and China, 
He'll sing. He'll squeal. He'll whatever he's got to do. He'll sing. Oh yeah. It reminds me of that scene in The Dark Knight with the Joker. Remember there was that guy Lau. It was it was going on about how um, he would take the money and go back to Hong Kong because the Chinese would never extradite him. So they stole all this money from all these mob banks and he was going to take the money and he was going to keep it there. And and the Joker said, guys like him squeal. This is this is the scene I'm talking about here. Take a listen for uh, the television's so-called plan. Batman has no jurisdiction. He'll find him and make him squeal. I know the squealers when I see them. And what do you propose? That's the thing. Joker knows the squealers when he sees them. I know the squealers when I see them. And Hunter Biden is a squealer. That guy will squeal. So remember that day Hunter Biden came out and said, um, my father had no financial relationships with my business or something whatever that was um like he didn't do the hr accounting and the software for the payroll or something if hunter biden's actually facing jail time serious prison time that's how they'll get joe biden out of the race if they have to they will have joe biden pardon hunter biden and then joe biden will turn around and say i pardoned my son i can't run again so I have to be a dad first, put my family first, and I'm bowing out because I know that I can't pardon my son and then turn around and run for re-election. I know that I can't do that, so I won't. This, by the way, is the big story of the day today. It's brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Prosecutors argue that Peter Navarro... Uh, should go to jail because they said he showed utter disregard for the House Committee's probe into January 6th and utter contempt for the rule of law. They actually asked the judge to impose a six-month prison term. The committee was investigating an attack on the very foundation of our democracy. There could be no more serious investigation undertaken by Congress. The same sentence was recommended for Steve Bannon, a former White House advisor who was also convicted on two counts of contempt of Congress last year. Bannon got sentenced to four months. However, he has not yet served that time because the judge said he could remain free pending an appeal. Now, look, you know, the um, the point here that you have to realize is that um, Hunter Biden's arrogance defying the congressional subpoena for a closed door deposition is exactly what these guys did. It's the same thing. And it's the reason why Hunter Biden came out and agreed that he would do a closed door deposition. Because Hunter Biden can't face the prospect of going to jail even for four months, let alone for years, let alone for potentially now decades, which is what all these federal charges could amount to. So if that means he's got a squeal, he's got a squeal. Oh, by the way, with the Super Bowl coming up, uh, Bud Light is continuing their comeback tour. So remember how I always tell you how these brands hate you? They hire a bunch of snotty little woke college graduates who hate you, and they really don't like you. Remember uh, Bud Light's marketing director, Elisa Schneider, Schneiderface, or whatever her name was? She came out and said, you know, we got to get away from Bud Light being seen as this, you know, fratty white guy beer and everything else. So they had the trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney as her spokesperson. However, uh, it backfired massively on the brand. So ever since then, now Anheuser-Busch, the parent company, has been trying very, very hard to get this to be a guy's beer again. 
as in a, a, a man not pretending to be a woman's beer, but an actual man's beer. And it's not easy because the guys have decided that, first of all, it's not that good. I'll just order something else. And that kind of category of beers, uh, you'd walk by and see Bud Light stacked up, you know. And and the reason was entirely because of that snotty, snooty marketing person, Elisa Schneiderfeld, head, whatever her name was, because she's the she hates you, and she mocked the people, the mocked the consumer base. So that's how they decided they were going to get away from that sort of white guy fratty image was by having a dude in a dress market their beer as opposed to having women market their beer and appeal to actual women so what they're going to do now for the upcoming super bowl for bud light as they continue their comeback tour the super bowl ad will dial up the humor and introduce a new brand character while staying wedded to the easy to drink easy to enjoy marketing theme bud light has pushed for the past year you're going to see what our brand lovers expect which is some really funny advertising in contrast, Budweiser's ad promotes Anheuser-Busch's connection to American culture, featuring an independent wholesaler and the brand's Clydesdales to invoke resilience and community spirit. Now, you know why they do that, right? Because um, the distributors have been hurting very, very badly because people turned around and said, I'm not buying Bud and I'm not buying Bud Light. And the distributors, they're the ones who really make the call. That's why they're doing what they're doing. And they're trying so hard. I've been watching. I mean, all these games, every NFL game now has something to do with Bud Light in some way, shape, or form because they're trying to appeal to straight guys who like beer after they this disastrous marketing campaign with Dylan Mulvaney. Some Bud Light ads since the exit of that snotty Elisa Schneider face have bent back toward comedy. As in a summertime campaign depicting beer drinkers burning bare feet on sun-scorched asphalt and falling out of a hammock. It also ran commercials as the NFL season began featuring fans carrying out idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic game day traditions. This year's Super Bowl ad will dial up the humor. Bud Light's minute-long Super Bowl commercial in 2023 before the boycott and the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco had departed from the brand's sometimes brash advertising tradition by depicting husband and wife actors Miles and Kaylee Teller turning telephone hold music into a living room dance party. Now, I love Miles Teller. He's a great actor. His wife's beautiful. But it was a dumb ad. Stupid. And uh, it reflected a shift in strategy at the time. That's what the Wall Street Journal wrote about it back then. So what they were trying to do, this was the beginning of how Bud Light was going to turn around and start appealing to different people. It was the very beginning of what would be the end for them. And I'll tell you something else, too. I mean, it's a lesson as more and more of these companies deliberately spit in the face of their consumers. Even though you pay their salaries, they don't like you and they want to cancel you and they don't have any respect for you as a person. It's kind of like how the media treats Trump supporters, right? No respect, pure disdain, just mocking, humiliating, insulting, even to the point now where you've got Jamie Dimon coming out and saying, cut it out already, knock it off. Hey, don't forget our big event with Terry Hayes is coming up on February 7th. Please get your tickets for that. We'll have a great night talking about his book, The Year of the Locust. It's going to be a wonderful time to be together for another speaker series event. Let's get your tickets by going to 1210WPHT.com today. That is Thursday, 
uh, excuse me, Wednesday, February 7th, Wednesday, February 7th, with Terry Hayes and his new book, The Year of the Locust. And don't forget, one week from today, this time, we'll be headed over to Parks Casino for Joe Conklin's Comedy Night, so get your tickets for that. All right, big Friday show tomorrow, of course. We'll check in with Dr. Wilfred Riley and Dr. Victoria Coates on the latest in the craziness of the Middle East. Remember, though, before I turn it over to the great one, Mark Levin, remember, if you are injured in a razor wire encounter, please... Reach out to the law firm of Moron and Moron. If your own stupidity caused you to encounter razor wire, reach out to them today because you could get a large cash settlement. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for listening to the show. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.